0: welcome to episode 16 of This Won't Teach You Anything. Today we'll be talking soundtracks and m- music usage in all phases of, of movies. So uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be just a soundtrack from a specific type of movie. It can be music usage in musicals, so on and so forth. And without further ado, got my special uh, guest co-host this episode is Jake Geringer. Jake, how are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, everyone?
0: Yeah, yeah, doing well, doing well. So uh I know that uh you're all around the country these uh these days. Where are you at the uh tonight?
1: Uh tonight I'm in Branson, Missouri. All right. The all show right. me state.
0: Hey, okay, well show me. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, that's what we're doing this all about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, we're talking uh, uh as as my resident uh film expert that I go to with stuff with all the uh the studying that we talked about that you've done film school and whatnot um this is a topic that we've we've discussed before way before podcasting. you know I can yeah. remember one of my uh, one of the first really different type of soundtracks that I remember is uh just driving around and listening to was back, do you remember when we would uh play uh basketball at night? Over at Southbridge Apartments. Oh,
1: for sure. I would get hit in the face every time.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> and we'd have, and it was up on that incline. And I just, I remember yeah. Ork going after the loose balls and, yeah, and flying down, the, down hill. the hill.
1: Yep. We, we and, were, yeah, we were up on a hill, and the out-of-bounds was just like a sidewalk, and then it was a hill. Yep. Every yep. way.
0: Yep. So that I remember that. And the reason I bring it up is I remember driving around with your brother, Mark, and the mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction soundtrack.
1: Oh, so, Yep. That, so, was, that was one that blew us away we, we went and saw that In that summer or that year alone At least a dozen times in the theater And it, it, it was just Something that Resonated with us more than Anything else It was, it was just because we felt We had the, the ego to think that These are conversations that we would have with each other
0: Yeah, and they're just out of so, nowhere conversations And they're with unexpected yeah. parties Two hitmen, what <laughs> do they talk about? <laughs> on the way to a job <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> yeah, I, mean, totally. I mean things like that and and uh, pulp fiction was just so groundbreaking in and of itself the the, yeah. the film and then you know you really got to i mean that's really what kicked the door open for tarantino he got his foot Dude, that, in with reservoir the, dogs
1: th- that's the reason i went to film school was after yeah. watching that was for sure that was like he, he the way that he manipulated uh, every frame of that movie it was something that i i wanted to do something like that and me and probably thousands if not millions of film school students after that uh, were doing because of uh, of quentin and he's he's the master when it comes to like music and soundtrack and i think uh, see i was trying to look this up but a reservoir dogs might have been the first soundtrack where there was like dialogue in there okay that's the first one that i remember mm-hmm. i mean First, it was Pulp Fiction, and then we went back and watched Reservoir Dogs because of Pulp Fiction. Yep. But the dialogue from the movie, because we're already quoting things back and forth to each other when it comes to movies like Ghostbusters or or um, The Spies Like Us or things mm-hmm. like that, Vacation, we would always be quoting those things. So now for it to be on a soundtrack and the music and the quotes, memorable quotes, are now a track on a CD, mm-hmm. that was a, so mind blowing at the time. Yeah. Nobody thought to do that.
0: Yeah. And, and you hear it, uh, you hear it more, um, more now since, since that, like uh, the, the latest one I could think of is, uh, as we talked about in, in earnest, uh, in a star is born where if you listen to that soundtrack and, and Bradley Cooper stated on that particular soundtrack was they wanted to have it as if you were experiencing the movie again, but just Mm. through audio. Uh, yeah. and, and so it kind of tells a story again, if you, if you listen to that soundtrack from front to back, so really well done there too. Um, uh, another one that, that comes up, you know, without getting into what's our favorites, but, um, and, and I hope I'm not stealing your thunder. I don't know no, that, that this it, is man. on there, but, um,
1: I'll bring my thunder. Don't you worry. I,
0: I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, once upon a time in Hollywood.
1: Oh yeah. With uh, the, uh, another uh the, the radio station. Just the radio station playing, yeah, and the and the commercials between that. Yep. Oh, I mean, he doesn't have any dialogue from the movie, as right. far as I know. But it's like you're track. driving
0: around listening to that but radio station.
1: Exactly right, mm-hmm. and it's jumping in and out of the songs as they're coming up as you're getting into the car. I mean, he's he's the master at having that the real time music in in the movies and. Yeah, I don't want to get on my favorites either, but Qu- Quentin definitely shows up on on about any list when it comes up to uh, soundtrack or music involved in in movies.
0: Right, especially especially with music that are songs that weren't cut specifically for the films. These are mm-hmm. he's going back using his his knowledge of music and, and yeah. picking from you know sometimes it's it's a lot of times it's lesser known songs yeah. that you know that you listen to you like, how did I not know of this song before, mm-hmm. you know, especially yeah. when you're younger, you know, when we were younger and listening to Pulp Fiction, you know, we're like, listening to stuff that's on the radio, stuff that's current, yeah. more, more than likely, um, things like that. And then you hear Dusty Springfield and you yeah. hear, you know, the Reverend Al Green and it's just, uh-huh. you know, it's like, what have I been listening to, Yeah, you know, for so he, does,
1: he does another great thing where in, in Reservoir Dogs where they're talking about, you know, the Billy sounds, uh, uh was what Billy, whatever the sounds of the seventies. All right. And he is, uh, talking to other, uh, other gangsters. It was Buscemi and, uh, Tim Roth that were talking. And, uh, one of them brought up that, you know, I was listening to the song, um, the night the lights went down in Georgia with Vicky Lawrence. And he says that in, in the, the song, he actually says who the killer was. And he was like, I've heard that song a thousand times, but I never paid attention to the lyrics. And now I'm finding myself in, in the age bracket of like, I'm in my forties now. And so I'm really listening to the lyrics now and, and you're hearing how relevant those are, and you're like, I didn't realize they were. How, why was I listening to that when I was 13 years old? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, you I, get a whole different meaning of lyrics.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I subscribe to iTunes or, or um, mm-hmm. uh, Apple Music, uh, and, and I'm sure Spotify and, and all the others yeah, are, yeah. are the same. But, you know, if you, you know, just sometimes flip up there uh, the lyrics as a as song's playing, and just like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had no idea that it ever ever said that. You know? Sorry,
1: we have we have a dog here. Sorry about that. No, that's that.
0: okay. He can uh uh make an appearance. It, What's it the dog's like name? He is
1: right now. That is Jax.
0: J- Jax. Jax, uh-huh. welcome. Well- <laughs> so I don't know, maybe he doesn't agree with uh with your your, your uh talking points here.
1: I think he's correcting me on the characters in Reservoir Dogs. That okay. Actually, brought okay. that up. Yeah, no, no,
0: yeah, that that's a strike against you in your film school.
1: It sure is. Yep, <laughs> I got a lot of strikes.
0: Um, but yeah, that if you do, you know, sometimes you go into a song and you just look for okay, what was that? What was that word? Because you you mishear it, uh, or mm. or or something drives you to look at the lyrics, and then you dig a little deeper, and you're like, oh, that's what this song's about.
1: Yeah yeah and, and the the title um, it it doesn't always match. I remember um, listening to Led Zeppelin Black Dog," and yeah. it, that's never uttered in the song whatsoever. You know it why that's because a yep. black dog wandered into the studio, right? How great.
0: What a great rock and roll story.: <laughs> <It's> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, which and you know since we're talking movies and music, it's not a lot of times that Led Zeppelin green lights their music for movies.
1: That's I mean, they were staunch way back in the day and mm-hmm. didn't have anything. But they they've definitely um um let the reins go, so to speak, after after I think it was almost famous where because because of Cameron Crowe's uh, uh history with right. uh, Rolling Zeppelin. Stone and yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh so after that I started to see Zeppelin in like a Cadillac commercial and yeah, and that aired during the Super Bowl th- one year, rock and yeah. roll. Uh huh. And uh, and then with Thor, um, they're oh, in there, and
0: so well done in Thor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my it's
1: incredible! I mean, yep. the hammer, of course, yep. the hammer of the guys that makes yep. perfect sense. So good, Yeah. um,
0: yeah. And that's that's why it was used in there for that. And you know, that uh, getting off topic just a bit. Going back to we'll, Thor. We'll
1: always do this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Going back to Thor, the first two Thor movies, uh-huh. you know, you go back and watch them now. They're, they're probably ranking my bottom two Marvel movies, the first two Thors, mm-hmm. which is okay because Ragnarok ranks up further near the top. Yeah. But the thing about them is but- Thor is a god and you don't really see how badass this dude is until mm-hmm. Ragnarok and Infinity War... Um, pretty much. Infinity War and Game Two when he takes yeah. off Thanos' head, but, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I mean, the dudes are god. They just spoiler. don't. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen End Game, don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, you should just turn it off right now. You don't deserve our no, opinions. <laughs> no. But that's why that was so good, and, and the way it was shot with that. That that's mm-hmm. a um that that's a great, uh, for me, a great film moment. You know, you were talking about, you know, film moments and, and tying in with uh, music. That's a great one. You know, where he's basically heading down in slow motion with that hammer and lightning. And yep. Right when it says hammer of the gods.
1: Yeah. Oh, so good. This is just perfect timing. I mean, all the, all the uh, cinematic elements come into play at that one moment. And that's, that's what makes, you know, you and I both love film for what it is.
0: Yeah. I had, I had an opportunity, um, in, in, in all places, uh, Facebook and hmm. I, you know, James Gunn, director of guardians of the galaxy, super, um, Slither, uh, guardians yes. of the galaxy Two, Um, right. great director. Um, he, he puts in, uh, it seems like the same amount of effort that Tarantino does into the music that's that's in his films.
1: Yeah, I'd say so too.
0: And I on, on Facebook, some I follow him on Facebook, and sometimes he'll just pop up and and um, you know post something on there. And I forget what he posted, but I asked him. I said, you know what? I asked him if he writes specific scenes with songs in mind, like writing mm-hmm. a scene around a song, right? You know, and he said, yeah, absolutely. He said that the 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 song. At, at certain moments of the film is as important as what's being said or what's happening. And so, yeah. you know, that, that to me, you know, just really made me listen more, you know, to certain things that are happening, certain songs, sometimes the ridiculousness of all yeah. that's going on with certain songs. Um, in guardians of the galaxy Two, it's, uh, the four seasons, um, no, it's not the Four Seasons. It's um, "Come a Little Bit Closer" by Jay and the Americans. I think is the name of the group. Yeah, that sounds and, right. And <laughs> I think it's Rocket that puts that. Uh, find some of uh, Quill's old music, and mm-hmm. that's the song that comes up during basically a mass murder scene, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these, these pirates are being killed by this arrow that's flying oh, around yeah. and people are dying in mass while this song is playing. It has nothing to do with any of the lyrics.
1: No, but it's, but it's just it's so damn enjoyable. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> you're in trouble, man. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that <what> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's one that just, that just works. And it's, it's kind of a, a lighthearted use of it. And then you have something like um, Stuck in the Middle with You.
1: Yeah. Which, yep, for sure.
0: I can't hear that song without seeing Michael Madsen That's with a that clever straight razor. you
1: did there with it, hearing that. Mm. It, yep. Yes, sir. Oh, You're oh as sharp as that razor. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jeez. Yeah. You know, and just the, the whole psychotic um, demeanor of mm-hmm. uh, Michael Madsen in that scene.
1: Yeah, that that dude was a madman in in Reservoir Dogs, um, but but yeah, those cinematic moments uh, they're they're incredible and and James Gunn spending time on it, Cameron Crowe, um, Quentin, of course, and uh, even this is something that a lot of people don't realize, but Kubrick, Kubrick, when he put stuff in there, it might not be like like a Uh, a a song that you hear on the radio, but that classical music, those are, that's basically a soundtrack. I mean, they didn't do a score for that, especially 2001 where it just opens up Mm -hmm. and you forever see that scene when you hear that music. I mean, those are put together and there's no doubt that you would have that image of the, the prehistoric man with the bone and just developing the first tool and, here we go. This is a whole new development of mankind.
0: Yep, and and the the music again not made for two thousand and one, but the right. existing music just goes ahead and frames everything and kind of kind of encircles it and just it, for it's forever linked to that scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what I I love about that. And it it started happening. I mean, this cinema is a new art form. I mean, it's been around for just over one hundred and fifty years. And so we're still finding things out. And I think it was the chaplain that famously said, I give the talkies 10 years, you know, after (laughs) after 1927 and Jazz Singer came out and then they started to have dialogues on there because he thought that acting was all about the emotion. And you need to see that with the face. and. And what I was saying to you the last time that we spoke on a is born is it's, it's about showing something and it's not about telling. So, mm-hmm. so that's what he was on. He was like, th- this is just going to be diluted with anything else. And what I'm doing is, is the ultimate art form when it comes to motion pictures.
0: Right. And I think as a film student, myself, never having attended film school, those are movies that people are still going to watch the Chaplin movies. I mean, you're still yep. going to watch those. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the, the mass as time goes on may not, but I, 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 I want to say everybody my age knows who Charlie Chaplin is.
1: Yeah. You, know, you want to.
0: Right. I mean, but yeah. I don't know that people in their twenties do, you know,
1: no, they did. well, when it comes to, I mean, he did the great dictator. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen idiocracy, right. Mhm. So when they go back in, into like the, the museum for idiocracy when it's 2,500, they're showing Charlie Chaplin as Hitler in that. And yeah. that was in the museum. And so it's just a, a devolving of education and, right. and just being out of the times. And so the, those things, I mean, hundreds of years, as it's just a blink of an eye in the, in the sands of time when it comes to the earth. So those things will... Uh, it's it's easy for us to distinguish right now but as as we've learned from different uh, videos on youtube where a history teacher is is talking to the youth and finding out what they know and it's just like how is this the information that you've retained this is all wrong yeah but that's going to be the information in the future
0: yeah, and that's I'll have to ask. Uh, I'll have to ask Skyler, my daughter, who's 22, if she knows who Charlie Chaplin is. Just, oh, just yeah. uh, for the heck of it. Yeah, but you know, and you say film's been around for just over 150 years. Well, mm-hmm. sound in film, you know, besides oh. the you know the musical soundtrack before the talkies. I mean, that's even less.
1: Oh, yeah, that you shave off about 50
0: years with that alone. Yeah. So, um, what what would you say? are the are the types of musical use you can have you can have a score
1: yep so you got the score
0: so the score would be more of the the well what, what, what would you define the score as I,
1: I would define that as mostly it's instrumental and it's it is uh, the music that is designed for the emotions the characters are going through specifically in, for in the, in film. the film mm-hmm. typically yes so yeah. that's my general definition. Yeah, no uh,
0: I, I would. I couldn't have phrased it better. I, I think my, you know, for for me, uh, you know, the the greatest score for me, and this won't come as any surprise, is John Williams' um, Star Wars.
1: Star Wars. Yeah. You know there yes. are
0: so many things in that, um, that to me, and I I'm probably a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans that that just know that that score. Mm-hmm. and and it was i mean for the star wars the soundtrack as well
1: right i mean that that's a great example but john williams also doing jaws right
0: john williams yeah, I mean, is the ultimate film scorer for me
1: that is incredible he, he has all the greats like you can list the top five uh, uh scores of all time mm-hmm. and he probably would have four or five of them right alone himself
0: yeah. you know and and one of the things that I don't—and and correct me if I'm wrong or if if you disagree—they're to me they're recognizable, but they are not the—they uh, don't have the life that some of John Williams' uh, themes have. And and what I'm saying is kind of like I'm going to call it a hero theme. Yeah. When you hear okay. the theme uh, from Star Wars. Yeah. You know, that's from star Wars. It, it has its own life. It can, it can stand. Um, you can hear that music and just know it. You see the, the star Wars logo on the screen and you see the mm. scroll of whatever movie yeah. it is at the specific, specific time. Another one he did Superman with Christopher oh, Reed. Yeah. So, you know, if you listen to that, that is a heroic theme for mm-hmm. Superman.
1: And he's got the best heroes out there then, because he did Indiana Jones too. Right?
0: Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. How great is that? And how different <laughs> is it from Star Wars and Superman with the big rousing intro? It's very understated to begin with.
1: He loves the brass. Bring that trumpet in there. Yep. And, <laughs> and you know, just,
0: uh, you know, that bump, you know, right, mm-hmm. at the, right at the beginning. And I, I can't help but think, I know that he, you know, he, he watches the films, Mm-hmm. You know, as he's given as a, as George Lucas would release things, he'd watch scenes and George would tell him what it was and then he'd yeah. see the film and then he'd start writing from there to go ahead and, um, and, and frame them and finish off, uh, the scenes with this music. Well, with Indiana Jones, it was what I believe he took from that was Indiana Jones is this guy, hero guy, but kind of an everyday guy too. Mm you know now mm-hmm. not all of us go out and you know he got his ass kicked he you did. know what i mean so yes. i mean were, yeah. you know he was yeah. that guy that and
1: he, and he didn't have a plan no right? he's just How making great. it up
0: as he goes yep. <laughs> yeah and he says it as much in one of the in one of the films i mean it's so so good but again uh the use of music is is just fantastic in there you hear those opening notes to that you know exactly what it is mm-hmm. um yeah you mentioned jaws
1: yeah I okay. mean that that's something that I mean people are hearing and and parodying mm-hmm. for years ever since that came out but that's just and it's so simple
0: at the beginning I, I, yeah and it it conveys like exactly cat and just
1: dancing on two notes almost <laughs> yeah
0: it, yeah it conveys that kind of like suspenseful dread mm. you know and that's it does it so well it. um another one uh John Williams uh Jurassic park. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He, he has a top five of of film
1: scores of all time,
0: you know, and, and that one to me says, you know, as you listen to it, it has a slow build and it comes up, you know, to where, um, uh, and I, and I, Jake, I didn't do my homework on this part, but one of the, a great scene, in in Mm -hmm. film and I I don't know if the music I'm sure there was music behind it but I don't know if it was a theme or not was in Jurassic Park when uh when uh, Hmm. Sam Neill is um when he first sees a dinosaurs for the first time yep
1: yeah there's there's takes off his glasses
0: Uh and it's so well it's so well shot so well acted Mm -hmm. because if you watch he's he struggles just to do something like take his glasses off. He like grabs aside yeah. and his hands shake. The imperfection of that is perfect. Yeah, that because that, that would be like he can't. What he's seeing, he can't even go ahead yeah. and do the simplest of tasks.
1: <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. It's not David Caruso taking those sunglasses. Oh, no, no, no.
0: <laughs> Thank God he wasn't. He perfected Dr. Grant. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that. Uh, I'll have to watch back in, in that scene and see what music was playing. But yeah, I mean, that was just, yeah. uh, again, uh, to this day, probably one of the best uses of, of CGI was Jurassic mm. Park.
1: Uh, so ahead of its time. It yeah. still stands out today to watch it.
0: Mm-hmm. It does. So well done. And there's so much crappy CGI these, these days to where it's like, you kidding me? There's movies? only one Spielberg homie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. John Williams. Yeah. For my money, you know, film scores. Um, you got a lot of great people that do it, but but for me, he's uh he's at the top. So yeah. Um
1: I'm with you. Yeah. So you got the scores. Yeah. You got the scores. And and there are plenty of great um conductors, musicians out there, composers that yep. are doing scores that we haven't mentioned. Mm-hmm. John Williams is just like the godfather of all of them. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure there are plenty that we could mention, but just offhand, John Williams and Hans Zimmerman. Oh yeah, the guys that are are take the cake for the most part.
0: Alan Silvestri, who looks up to yeah, Alan Silvestri, um, probably best known for Forrest Gump. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, that score is well done too. So then okay,
1: okay. So you got the score. Yep. um, And then you have the the soundtrack, which um, which Easy Rider kind of revolutionized the soundtrack. Because before Easy Rider, you had movies um, like like the Beatles and and Help, and they they made their own music for their their movie, and you had like Elvis doing his songs for his movies, and so Easy Rider came along, and they're the first one that was like really revolutionary, where they were using what's called jukebox scores, and so they're using these popular hits that are put into the the. The, the, the soundtrack to be able to push the things along and it and what they did it was uh, it was Peter Fonda and uh, Dennis Hopper who was the director and they just put in a temp track with all the the music that they liked for that movie and they put in songs that you know they were just holding space until we get a composer to be able to do the score and they just liked it so much they trickled it down to these songs that they put on there and then you get. A Steppenwolf song, you know, get your motor on and, yep. and they're driving out with their motorcycles on the highway. And it was, it it blew all these, these um, cinematic people's minds out of, out of the water, just thinking about, oh, the potential of doing something like this. Yep. This works so well. Yep. And it became like a huge hit when it came to like sales afterwards with the soundtrack. So that was just like the, the, the beginning of it. And then it, of course went into other things, but that, yeah, that's called the the jukebox score where you get those popular songs in there.
0: So when you think, when I say to you, you know, what's your favorite use of music in film is, is it, do you grab from everything? Do you grab from scores and soundtracks and, and the whole, uh, lumping everything into one, one space, or do you think in terms of Oh, this is my favorite score. This is my favorite soundtrack. Uh, how does that work for you?
1: Well, with me, uh, when you say the favorite use of music in the soundtrack, then I go to like all of the cinematic, like these perfect cinematic moments that we're, we're thinking about. But if you're going into like what's the best soundtrack, and and then you it, then I look at it in a way that it's um the total movie and the music that was used and how it was used in in each scene individually as a whole for the album and the and the the, the movie so those are the two distinctions that i have with that so um like like for instance you you talk about Forrest Gump and so there are many good moments that they use like when he goes ballistic and the dude slaps Jenny and Hey Joe is playing and it just mm-hmm. like comes in that's a great cinematic moment but then th- they also have the score that's in there and they have the, the, the playing ping pong to the doors and those those songs are fantastic so i'd look at that as not just a moment in cinematic history or or relevance but as the soundtrack whole mm-hmm. like, oh there's some great songs in there and they fit in there perfectly so that's how i just sing those two
0: yeah so if i ask you what, yeah. uh, give me, what do you, if I ask you for five soundtracks or 10, what do you have?
1: Yeah. Five soundtracks. Um, the things that come to mind mm-hmm. like right off the bat would be for Forrest Gump mm-hmm. would be in the top five, um, Romeo and Juliet with the uh, Leonardo, Leonardo. Yeah. And dude, Claire. that was oh. an
0: entire summer, like in 94, or ninety five. Whenever that came out, I remember uh-huh. listening to that soundtrack. I mean, that dominated.
1: Yeah, that was. Uh,
0: and, and the soundtrack and, was better than the movie.
1: It was. So it, that it, I mean, that's happened a few times, but but that was one that I, I dude. I still to this day never watched that movie. Oh, but I've listened. I listened to that soundtrack. You know, yeah, over a hundred times easily.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it once, but yeah, yeah. same thing with you. I, I've listened. To, I remember that summer yeah yeah uh
1: so those two would be in there um i would have to have a quentin one in there so i mean it's a matter of i've i've been listening almost non-stop that once upon a time in hollywood that just putting that on with spotify with the commercials in there and i'm like out doing my errands on a saturday and i'm just jamming to all these old-timey hits and it's it's so good
0: and it's probably uh, so different in your situation because you can go you can go down some of these streets now granted it's it's 40 years later after the the 50 years later after when the film would have taken place and but you're on these
1: streets but but those places are still there yeah there you go i've I've been to so many of them yeah that that listen to those i mean it's just like uh it's a, it's almost like I'm living my own movie, yeah. And and Quentin is scoring it for me. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, that's great. So so that's that's a great one. But okay. But Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. I mean, Pulp Fiction, all these Death Proof. I mean, Death yes. Proof is an underrated uh, both soundtrack and, and movie. movie. Oh yeah. And I am and I am convinced that if if anybody else would do Death Proof right now, it it would be in people's like top film of all time that they did like they would in be, 2021 it, it would be considered a masterpiece mm-hmm. for anybody else but with quentin it's in the lower five of which it shouldn't be nine movies
0: which it shouldn't yeah. be i i really think planet terror drug it down
1: it did oh the, my because i went to the grind house and and saw that yeah. opening night yep and um um yeah it was, planet terror started first And then they had the commercials between and the fake commercials probably uh, better than planet. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And, and then death proof comes on and it was almost like Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino thought of a great joke. And it's like, Oh, wouldn't it be great to do this? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Robert Rodriguez still, I I didn't say that right. Robert Rodriguez (laughs) (laughs) thought of it still as a joke when he was doing a, a, basically a B movie. Yeah. And then Quentin comes over here and, and does his B movie. That's a masterpiece. It's so good. It's incredible. And it brought Kurt Russell back into the the mainstream.
0: I am wholly in agreement with you that that doesn't get the run it deserves.
1: Definitely not. I mean, mean, talk about femme fatale. I mean, that's all a revenge movie Mm -hmm. uh, and a monster movie because Kurt Russell is this monster that's doing these things and getting away with it. Yep, uh, I I I love death proof, man.
0: Yeah, I do too. I'm with you. I can still see that scene where he's uh, he's talking to, and I can't remember the actress's name there in the car, where he's getting ready yeah. to go head on. Uh, oh, and Rose, he's talking. Uh, Rose McGowan it, 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 was that her? Yeah. And when he's and he's talking and he says, he goes, you know, this car really is death proof, <laughs> but to get the and I forget it's something, but to. Yeah. Get the effects. Uh, yeah. You really got to be sitting in my you seat. You really
1: got to be sitting <laughs> in my
0: seat. Oh. That's
1: when he hit his brakes and and she uh, hit her nose. I think that's yep. what broke. Yep. Yeah.
0: And then uh, yeah, just then that collision. Oh, I still and see. That it was a
1: real collision. Well, yeah, he, and I then mean, and
0: when then they they did the the shot in slow motion and that. Tires running right on... It might have been Rosario oh, Dawson's face. No, no, it was a girl that was no, dancing. She,
1: no, she was safe. She, was yeah. killed at the, she killed Kurt Russell at the end.
0: And uh, it was a girl that was doing the dance, the strip dance. Yeah.
1: down in Mexico. Yep.
0: And, oh. uh, yeah, this, that wheel's basically sanding her face off. The oh,
1: girl that had... Yeah, the girl that had her foot... Sidney daughter, I think that's who that her is. Her leg came know. off. Her leg came off. Yeah, it it's bouncing down the road. Oh, <laughs> oh <my> man. <laughs> Oh yeah it's, uh, so incredible though yeah so I mean, and so Tarantino
0: everything absolutely. about it everything yeah. about it. I mean it's one of those films that that's effortless for for him you know yeah. it, it's it's just you could tell it's a Tarantino movie but it, and this is gonna seem sacrilegious to you but hateful eight to me seemed like Quentin Tarantino trying too hard to be Quentin Tarantino for me. Mm. It was beautifully yeah. shot. The yeah. camera work, you know, because I think he shot it in and 70 score. millimeter.
1: And score, they won yeah. an Oscar for the score. Yeah,
0: in- Ennio Mor- Morricone, who he yeah. had always wanted to work always with. Always
1: wanted to work and with. And
0: finally got him to go ahead and do a score because mm-hmm. he used his music in Kill Bill, but it was from other stuff. Oh, it, man. It, it wasn't specifically for Kill Bill, he used it from other places. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I think he shot it on 70 millimeter, like the old yeah, westerns sure. were. Yeah. And so it was um, beautifully shot. But it, it just you know some of the dialogue was Tarantino esque, but it it for me it just you know I'll watch it again, but it's not something yeah. I'm going to watch again. You know, Pulp Fiction's on TV. I'm stopping yeah. and I'm watching it. Yes, sir. You know now yep. hopefully it's it's HBO where I stop and watch it. So <laughs> although it's got to be hilarious on regular TV, right?
1: Oh yeah, with, I'm sure the edits, the edits are pretty good that they mm. have.
0: Oh man, so
1: some of the creative edits that they have to do,
0: right? Um, so anyway, I jumped in on you. Um, no, that's, we talk- that's
1: quite all right. Um, uh, uh, we were going over like top five, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I would, I would just any Quentin I would be able to put on there. I mean, mm-hmm. even Jackie Brown is fantastic when it comes to like some Neo soul going on and, uh, the Johnson's brother with the strawberry letter 23. It's, I mean, when he's going back, he just drives around the block to take out, um, what was his name? It was Chris Tucker. But I can't remember yeah. what his name was. But just putting that music on, and and the the mix of his music as well that's going down. And he turns the music off, and he turns it back on. It starts up at the same spot. Oh, I love it. in the cars. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, um, so sorry. No, I go digress. ahead. Go ahead. Um, so so Quentin is definitely on there. And then here is one that I thought I'd bring up to you. Yeah. Do you remember the Juice soundtrack? Uh, Juice. Tupac. Like. Was in in it with, um, Omar Epps. yep.
0: Yep. I I remember the film. I don't know if I remember the soundtrack.
1: I, I, I loved that soundtrack when it came out, but here's something that, um, I was just thinking about the other day about hidden tracks on CDs. Okay. I mean, do do even kids know about that these days? There's no hidden tracks on Spotify or Apple tunes. Yeah. You can't, you, yeah. yeah. The hidden tracks are truly hidden to them. They'll never be able to find that. Yeah. And so with with Juice, I remember they they had two albums out, and I think it was, uh, they only listed up to 12. But if you put the CD in, you had 13, which was Naughty by Nature, Uptown Anthem. And I, that was when I was a big Naughty by Nature fan. Well, you um, should have been. Because well, that's you. I, and I'm down with OPP. Yeah. You know <laughs> <laughs> but Uptown Anthem was a jam. And I was just talking to my brother the other day about The Chronic. When that came out, I wasn't a huge fan of The Chronic because it was slower rap. And at the time, I liked like the, the... Well, it was the called East. The was, Chronic.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I that, knew that would, be, about that. That would <laughs> be why they were slowed down. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Very good <Sorry>. point. <laughs>
1: so, so I was more into the speed rap oh, okay, yeah. of the East Coast. So I was digging that, and um, obviously I came around because I know quality when I hear it. After I hear it a couple of times, I'm Mm -hmm. like, "Man, these are these are some jams." So, so juice, I put that on like the top five. But again, you you ask me tomorrow what my top five is, it's going to be completely different.
0: And that's great, you know. It really is because you know, like you had mentioned, it just depends on what type of day you're asked. You know, yeah. you know, from what, to, you know, if you're having a good day, it's going to be different than if you're having a bad day.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've, I've done that with my nephew uh, when it comes to like song recommendations. I'll I'll send him something. I'll be like, all right, don't listen to this until it's uh, it's it's like 3 a.m. and you're coming home from a party. Listen to this song and that'll be a great jam all the way home. But if you're, um, when, uh, what was that group? Uh, Vampire Weekend. When that came out and I was like, oh, this is a, a Saturday bopper when you're when you're trying to uh, go around and just having a great summer, summer festival kind of day to listen to something like that. So your emotions fluctuate. So what what your taste is, is going to fluctuate as well. So you're not going to watch eternal sunshine of a spotless mind when you're having the best day of your life and you're you're nothing but smiles and whistles. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going to pick out something that, um, kind of, uh, uh parallels your, your emotions of the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's why my top five right now, apparently is some uptown Anthem.
0: Right, <laughs> right on. You should go ahead and play it loud and proud right now. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm sorry, you, you probably don't want to do that right now. Get the dog no, going right again. And be, yeah, yeah. The dog. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of, one of the, what do you, well, what do you got? What are your top five? Oh you... man. Um, you know, again, when I was thinking about this or recording this, when we were talking earlier this week, mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go off the cuff. And then I wrote it, wrote things down. And okay. then I was like, I went back and the same thing. It was, well, I really can't forget this one. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it, it, it's so <laughs> tough to do. It's so it tough is. to do. Uh, um, for me, a lot of times the, how much I enjoy a movie not every time, but mm-hmm. how much I enjoy a movie is going to drive me to go check out the soundtrack, to go ahead and and, and feel or relive yeah. that movie, you know, because yeah. so much of it is going to uh, sound is so much is as much emotion as as being visual, you know, yeah. because things can go ahead and, and transport you right back. I mean, obviously, if you see a movie, you're going to say, oh, yeah, this part, but mm-hmm. you're listening to things and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember this was a part. In there, the same way you would if you've seen it on TV, so
2: yeah,
0: or in the theater. Um, you know, one of them that that I really enjoy, but that I that I'll do something that I did something a little different with is the soundtrack to uh, *Silver Linings Playbook*. You know, oh, yeah, since yeah. I li- since I love that film, I mm-hmm. went and you know downloaded the soundtrack. And interestingly enough, and I don't know what the reason is. I'm assuming it's licensing or maybe just overall time, but there's um, a lot of songs that are used in the movie that aren't on the soundtrack. Um, uh, the, you know, there's the uh, during the dance scene at the end. Uh, yeah. White Stripes fell in love with a girl. Right. Was used on it. Yep. It's not on the soundtrack. So, oh, it's not. Yeah. So i I went through, watched the film again, just kind of noted the songs, and then re-added mm. them in my own playlist oh, with the job. original. Um. Uh, soundtrack, you know, kind of in mm. between there. So that's kind of cool. It, it really, yeah. it, it sucks sometimes because when you go ahead, uh, the digital formats or, or digital streaming services are fantastic, except a lot of times, if you go looking for movie soundtracks, mm-hmm. if you go looking for movie soundtracks, um, especially in the ones that, as you call them, jukebox soundtracks. Yeah. So, so often, and and I would say more often than not, the licenses to those songs are owned by different, um, companies.
1: Yeah. And so,
0: you know, it's, it's so much easier to go out and buy a hard copy, whether it's a CD or an actual vinyl album to go ahead and be able to experience that. Because so many times, if you look on iTunes for a certain soundtrack, if you find it, there's songs Mm -hmm. that are grayed out that you can't go ahead and listen. And now you can go search for them individually and kind of piece together a, um yeah a version of the soundtrack. But it's it yeah, the licensing I think it has to be what what does that. Now uh, another thing non movie related that I've done is I've gone to concerts. And then there's if you Google playlists, you mm-hmm. can go ahead. There's a site where people go and they who've attended concerts and they'll uh populate the playlist for that night that you saw whatever band or or artist oh. and then you can just you know build you know if you were there then you can build out that that playlist now they won't be live oh, yeah. but they'll be the studio same type mm-hmm. of thing again to feel what I was feeling when I was watching it yeah and so silver linings playbook right now currently that soundtrack would be on there i mean there's uh it, it's interesting too because another one uh of mine is, is has a common song between the two um, hmm. I'll get to that in a second, but on um, Silver Lining's playbook, you have um, you've got Jazz from the Dave Brubeck uh, Quartet. You've got Stevie hmm. Wonder. Um, you got newer artists.
1: Oh, yeah, that was his trigger song. Yeah,
0: huh? yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, and what did a song. You did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> He's tearing the office apart. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, man. And um, uh, newer artists on it um, Alabama Shakes. Are on it? Yeah, that
1: was my introduction to them. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't know them. Um But they have that great Dylan and oh, Johnny Cash song, so Man, good, "Girl from the North a, Country."
0: Uh, yep, now such a great
1: moment. Talk about some perfect cinematic moments right and, there.
0: And so, yeah, you and I agree on that so much that I actually I own that outfit that Jennifer Lawrence has. No, during that scene. Yeah, it's the really? one that's framed in my office.
1: Oh, yeah. you, when was the last time you wore it?
0: Uh, last night, <laughs> I think. It 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 is a bitch getting it out of the frame. I'm sure. Sh-
1: <laughs> getting it or you out of the frame.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it uh, it it doesn't fit me as well, but I do what I can.
1: Oh, that's great that you got that though.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll send you. a will text you a photo of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's uh, so many. Uh, for me, again, like I said, it mm-hmm. helps you, you've never seen Romeo and Juliet like you said, but just right. the music itself that was used in it is good yeah. enough so yeah. um, let's see another one since we're talking uh we've spent a lot of time talking Tarantino, the yeah. Kill Bill soundtracks
1: well, he's great at it, yeah, yeah, that's I mean the misunderstood song yep. um, with this uh, with going outside um. Uh, that's the one that really sticks out uh, when when it matches up, and they're they're having the fight. It's slow at the beginning. You hear that mm-hmm. that what is that water thing that's uh, just clicking every yeah. time, like every couple of fills seconds. up, and then it yeah, and then yeah, that's unreal. Yeah, what a great scene. Yeah, some some would say that's too bloody of a scene. Before that. <laughs> I, I know someone. <laughs> we both do. <laughs> well, you know why they went to black and white in Kill Bill, right?
0: Yeah, to maintain an R rating.
1: Yeah, it was too bloody. And so they went to black and white um, to be able to maintain that because they were going to go with the NC-17. Yeah,
0: there was, um, uh, you know, it was always intended to be one movie.
1: Oh, the whole bloody affair. Yeah. I've, I would love to Me be seen.
0: It's, it's in color in that oh it is that scene is in color in that Uh, um but yeah he'd always
1: i I was so upset because when i first moved out to la um i didn't really like pay attention to things that happened or um like looking at the paper and like what am i going to do this weekend i do it religiously well before 2020 happened i was doing it religiously seeing what kind of events were happening because the day after i um I was looking up something about um, Tarantino's uh, theater over at the Beverly. All right. And he he bought that and he owned it. And they actually refer to that. And once upon a time in Hollywood it used to be a triple X movie theater and whatever. So um, found out the day after they did a screening at his theater of the whole bloody affair. And I found out the day after looking at the paper. I was so pissed to find yeah. out about that.
0: Well, I bet you were. I'm, I'm, for all the texts that you send me about the weather out there when it's thirty <laughs> degrees. I'm glad you yeah. missed it. So, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would have been pissed had you seen it. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you don't. You never get another chance. And I say it with love. <laughs> I still have some uh,
1: pretty uh, pretty great moments. Uh, yeah, no I, see, I,
0: I, I get them in text.
1: seeing once upon a time in Hollywood before the public yeah and crashing Clinton.
0: Oscar parties
1: uh, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I could talk about
1: those Well we're not gonna say which ones
0: and maybe maybe it did or didn't happen
1: but uh, no video so
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I made sure of that
0: yeah um, yeah another cool one when you did the stranger things.
1: Oh yeah, the whole school. Yeah, that was in Santa Monica, and then they had the carnival in Santa Monica Pier.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I
1: was I was hanging out with the uh, the one of the what are the brothers' names that uh, started Stranger Things, like Duffler Brothers, uh, or, the Duffer Brothers. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I I was having a conversation with him at the bar.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic.
1: And I didn't know who it was until I went back to my friends and they were like you know who that was and i was like no and they're like the creator of all <laughs> of this is happening because of that dude and and so um th- that was like the vip section too so whenever i would pass him uh, you know just the head knot of like like in high school when you're seeing a friend when you're passing him you do that all the yeah. nod so so i had that with him all night it was pretty pretty cool nobody else was talking to him and and i i was the one that talked to him cuz i didn't know who the hell he was <laughs>
0: Or you to talk to him anyway. <laughs> I, it didn't matter right.
1: who he was. Right. I'm just talking to talk.
0: Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's cool. Yeah. You get a lot of cool experiences and we get to see him when you send him over to us. So that's that's cool. Um yeah. I mentioned uh, a common song between Silver Linings Playbook and another um soundtrack favorite of mine, which is uh, Kill Bill Volume 2. Mm. And Volume 1 is probably in there as well, you know. Again, yeah, yeah. it fluctuates, right?
1: It does, um, it sure does. Uh,
0: Good Night Moon is used oh. in Silver Linings Playbook and it's used in uh, Kill Bill wow. Volume 2. Yeah, I, didn't I know. know that. Yeah, so I don't even think about that. How, how weird of a song, you know, an obscure song mm-hmm. to go ahead and be used in both. Um, I would say, um, it, I don't want to be cheap with uh, you know, Kill Bill one and two, but again, but. It's it's those movies were just so good, um, mm-hmm. and so tonally different, you know, from one to the next. You know, yeah. I would say, um, Kill Bill One was was the better, you know, kind of action film, right. yeah. But not your run of the mill action film because it it was done, you know, in that Tarantino, um, way. You know, with the, so many so many shots. Mm -hmm. that are just, you know, that you can see them frozen, you know, in in a still and know exactly, you can fill out the rest of the scene, what happens right before, what happens right after.
1: Yeah. They're just implanted right in your brain. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, one of them would be uh, when uh, Uma Thurman and uh, Vivica Fox are right there in front of the window with the school bus pulling up.
1: That's such a great moment. Oh man. man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um and and the wagon out front yep. <laughs> yep yep yeah just seeing the kid and and that's another thing with like tension is like nobody does it better tension. yeah i i mean they yeah don't. i mean you could you could say spielberg you could say hitchcock i mean there are definitely some good people but but in our age quentin tarantino and being able to raise the stakes and the tension and to have the the the, the levity of a situation like that as well. This is a dire situation, a knife mm-hmm. fight. Two people are trying to kill each other, but they can put them aside and make jokes with each other in the, in a split second. Right. But nobody th- else does that better.
0: No, no. And, yeah. And I don't think anybody ever has or will because, um, you know, like you said, Hitchcock has his own style. Spielberg, right. Spielberg has his own style, which, you know, Spielberg is, is such a, an anomaly because his, his films are, are so different across his career. Mm-hmm. He's got the big budget movies. He's got the smaller yeah. budget movies. He's got the quieter movies, Lincoln, you know, I mean, yeah. you, just, you know, and then the, the Jaws and the Indiana Jones and, um, all these, you know, um, Tintin tin and, uh, it just, they're so diverse. Tarantino is one of those guys that his movies are so different, but the feeling remains throughout them. You know, doesn't matter if it's a Western or not. You take Mm -hmm. that scene in inglorious bastards with in the, in the basement. Oh yeah. You know (laughs) that everything's going to go to hell, but you just don't know when. And you're sitting there right at the edge of your seat because you know it's coming. It's coming.
1: And you, and you don't know what point it's going to be. Nope. It could and, be this point. And when you are going to find out?
0: You got a double dose in that movie. In like 15 yeah. minutes, you got it when uh, Michael Fassbender is, um, you know, gets found out Yeah, in the basement. And so that's uh-huh. the first part. You have the big gunfight. Right. And then you've got the part right after that when Brad Pitt's at the top at the Mexican standoff
1: oh, talking my about it. Yep. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. So yep. good. No deal. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is a Mexican standoff. Yep. No deal. I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just imagine, I mean, uh, with the success Tarantino has had, and I think *Inglorious Bastards* to this day is his highest gro- grossing movie of mm-hmm. all time, I think. Um, but those scenes uh, a lesser director or earlier in his career would probably have been told to cut those scenes down because there is some space in there but those space that i would argue that the space is definitely necessary for those things to play out like that if you don't have that space you don't have that tension right so so just imagine if he was trying to do that and you it just imagine if he had reservoir dogs to do again or if he had his screenplay true romance to do on his own
2: mm-hmm.
1: i mean it's already a classic it's a great movie but i think in in the hands of tarantino it would be it's so much better
0: right no i agree yeah it's just and you almost wait for those type of scenes yeah you know and um once upon a time in hollywood yeah it's it's in there too save oh, the it's best there. for last <laughs> <laughs> Holy God.
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and he released the
1: hounds, sort of speaking. Oh man.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> anybody listening who hasn't seen once upon a time in Hollywood, um, it, it has the, you know, there, there's, if you love Tarantino, you're going to love the movie. If you're yeah. kind of on the fence with Tarantino,
2: mm-hmm. it,
0: trust me, just watch it. Enjoy it. The payoff at the end. Mm hmm is up there with the greatest payoffs of all time
1: in and, film. It's, it's so good. <laughs> and, I was so disappointed in you. It took you too long to watch it. Yeah, that well,
0: movie. and the, you,
1: that you was, got a life though. You got a life. Well, the, I don't
0: <laughs> I don't have much of one, but the uh yeah, it it just hit at a time when um Colleen wasn't feeling good and I I didn't want to yeah. go without her. So, but yeah, so. when I saw it, oh, I yeah. I watched it again. Of like course, the, the very next day and just yeah. oh my god everything is so good in that um <sighs> you really believe that uh um cliff and rick are mm-hmm. the best friends that they're on the that yeah. they're on film like they've just they just hang out well that you
1: that know. moment where leo was like totally vulnerable and he's like you want to come in and watch you know fbi with me he's like i just figured we would i (laughs) got a six-pack in here let's get a pizza you know (laughs) but it's it's that great buddy tension where it's just like i don't know what they're feeling i don't want to sound funny by asking this and he's just he just let that all go by being like you know I i just figured we would yep and and then when they get in there and they're watching you know Oh, I work with that guy. Yep. Where was that down the PCH? <laughs> yeah, so good. Here I come. He does that, that that snap and then the whistle. Here I am. Yep.
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: dead number two.
0: <laughs> yeah, they. And then, so what do I've got? I got Civil Linings Playbook. I got the Kill uh, Kill Bill soundtracks, yeah. Um, yeah. and I'll try and come up with. Another one which won't be too hard because I, you know, the uh, I mentioned James Gunn earlier, the uh, Guardian, oh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, both those soundtracks I really love. Again, they're uh, jukebox soundtracks. But again, I love
1: that they put it on vinyl too. I've got them right? on vinyl.
0: <laughs> yep. yep. That's why yep. you're the man. That's got, incredible. That's yep. great that you have that. Both of them on vinyl. Yeah. And I'll listen to them. Uh, I, God, I've listened to them on vinyl more than I've listened to them probably digitally. Well,
1: they're just one needle drop. That's all you need. You don't love need to it. skip or anything. You just put it on there.
0: Yep. It's so good. Um, and movie moments on there. We've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about it on, on here, but yeah. uh spoiler alert for guardians of the galaxy. Uh, part two. Oh, one you're of them make me cry. aren't Yeah. You? Well, I'm going to try <laughs> is, um, cat Stevens, father and son at the, oh, at yeah. the end of guardians of the galaxy volume two. That is, um, that is for me, you can put, uh, end game yeah. in there, the end of infinity war. That to sure. me is the most emotional scene in the Marvel cinematic universe to date. Yeah. For that's me. the ultimate
1: culmination for me. I mean, it's built up so much and to know the story behind it where mm-hmm. he didn't think he was getting it. He still did like the honorable thing about, you know, sacrificing himself. I'm Mary Poppins, yeah. yep. you know, and, and then not thinking that he was gonna get something like this, but out of the respect for who he was as a character mm-hmm. to get that funeral and everybody to come Showed in this up. song.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, it for me, it's yep. right up there as well.
0: Yeah, I mean that um, it it gets me every time. I cannot watch that yeah. and not tear up at that scene. It, you and, just and, hear this drum. And, That's all yep. it takes for me. And yeah, and fifty percent of it is visual. Mm. And 50% of it's uh, the, the song. Yeah. Just so perfect on. Yeah. So um, there's only
1: one, one scene that I think is better. My personal, if we're talking to like lists of top five, there's a scene and and not many people, because I did some looking up of like best soundtracks mm -hmm. and moments in movies. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody brought this up. The one for me that stands out and, Forgive me if I do tear up a little bit. It does get me emotional whenever yeah. I speak about it. Well, I had
0: tacos um, earlier, so I'm about to get a little emotional at this moment. No.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Please do. I I don't need any more onions in my nose. <laughs> so it's uh it's Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Yeah. And Bob Dylan did the soundtrack for it. And if you know the the movie or whatever, so um, what happens is. Uh, what's his name? James Corbin. Is Uh that, yeah, that, that was Pat Garrett. And they're going to see somebody about information that they grew up with. And they're like, he's at his, um, at his home and his mom is there. It's like their family, like property and he's coming to get information about it. And then they start having a gunfight and he's, he's like, I can't remember exactly what Corbin says to him, but In summation, he's like, is this going to be our time that we have to do this? Shoots him. And the guy starts like crawling out of his house. And then you hear the beginning of knocking on heaven's door. And so that starts playing. That's Bob Dylan original wrote that for this movie. And as he's like crawling out to this creek or river and the sun is going down and his mom comes out of the house and she knew them as their as kids and she's going out to him and as she's going out to him you know the the lyrics are like mama take this badge off of me you know Yep. yep. so that's all happening and he's and he dies in her arms right there and for me that's like the ultimate like perfect cinematic moment for me
0: i'm gonna have to but, review oh
1: my gosh it. It, I mean it's not a great movie. I mean it was a good movie of its time, and Dylan doing the soundtrack was fantastic, but just that culmination of right. all those things at the time is just perfect for me
0: yeah um I'm making a note here I need to check that out that's yeah. and that's a that's a great thing about uh stuff like that is is that you know any time that you can go ahead. Um, for me, I can, I can watch a film and see things that are, you know, funny or, or, you know, great action sequence. Mm -hmm. What, um, and it's, it's the more emotional, the heavy scenes that, that affect me closer to this, the first time I saw it, than you know, hearing a joke again or okay. seeing, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. When we went and saw *Phantom Menace*, yeah, oh. you know the Woo! lightsabers. Yeah, I couldn't contain myself. I'm in there, you know, lightsabers again. Woo! You know, right Woo! in that, you know, right in oh, that. Everybody erupted right after you. Yeah, I, you I couldn't. That. Yeah, and that was that was real. That wasn't, you know, I couldn't oh, yeah. contain it. I couldn't contain it. And, no, I can't keep it. In. <laughs> but you know, ever since then, I love that scene. I'll watch that scene. Mm-hmm. I never have that. You know, I'll never have that same, that same Emotion. reaction I did right then.
1: Yeah, I
0: love it, and I'll watch yeah. it anytime it's on. But mm-hmm. you know, it was just so pure at that moment that that's what came out.
1: Um, I, well. I was with you at yep. that, and I still hear you say, woo, whenever at that you see moment that. When they both go back and, <laughs> yep, right after like that first fight break, yep. and then the little break, at the oh. end of that the
0: little thing with their arms, and we're just like, woo, yep, um, <laughs> it's so good. Do you have, uh, do you have Disney Plus? I do, yeah, uh, um, the second best lightsaber fight, okay is in are we
1: talking clone wars
0: the clone wars did you watch any okay. of that the animated
1: no i haven't okay
0: there there's parts in there I've, I've talked about it i think here on the show that since i'm a completionist yeah. i'm watching i'm like oh man this is tough to watch because you okay. know some of it yeah. is like you know if i was seven years old it'd be the coolest thing i ever saw <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know some of it you know it's just kind of ugh. but you know i and those were the earlier episodes it got you know in the seasons five, six, seven, I didn't feel that way. But uh-huh. um season seven, I think episode five. Anyway, it's called The Phantom Apprentice.
1: The Phantom Apprentice, okay. Yep.
0: That has the second best lightsaber fight in all of yeah. Star Wars. Really? Yep. It was okay. um it's the only fight during... Where's the
1: first one? Is the first that one oh, yeah, you talk about
0: with Dark Maw? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. me that's my favorite.
1: What's his name? Ray Parks?
0: Yeah. Um, he, um, this is spoiler alert. Yep. I would, I would watch this. I would yeah. watch this. You can watch this without seeing the rest if you don't, okay. you know, I don't know. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, I'm
1: I'm going to watch it. The whole, the whole thing. You, yeah. You give me a recommendation. I'm going to watch it.
0: All right. Well then I don't know that I should tell you this because it could spoil.
1: Well, yeah. don't then. Yeah, yeah. I won't. Don't I tell won't. Me
0: because it, it's, it's a, it's a big spoiler. Okay. So Well, I, I like
1: the context too. So yeah, go I'll, ahead and uh, just note,
0: uh, just note in your mind, uh, the Phantom Apprentice. And okay. when that episode comes out, I mean, it's one of the last four episodes of the entire right. thing, but you'll know it when there's, you see it.
1: There's a lot of video games and, and, and fan art out there, fan videos that are doing like lightsaber scenes. And And like what it should have been like with Obi-Wan and Darth, right? Things like that.
0: That is really well done. I've seen that scene. It's, they called it scene and I forget it. They gave it a number because it's where it was Mm -hmm. in, in where it would have fit in, in episode In the universe. Yeah. And, oh, that's great. Uh, Yeah. It
1: blew me away watching that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. This is
0: amazing. Yeah. And I think one of the things that made it so good was knowing the story uh, of, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi which yeah. the Clone Wars really fleshes out. Okay. That that relationship um you see um so much emotion in that reshot fight sequence that you're oh. you're talking about in YouTube. Yeah. I mean if you watch that again, um, okay. there is just there is just a rage in the way Vader fights in wow. that scene. That, yeah. that you're talking about on that YouTube uh, remake. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you, know, you know, after this, watch it again. You'll see, I mean, it's just, it's just an anger, yeah.
1: that,
0: you know, a hatred. And, uh, well,
1: I think that's why everybody loves Rogue One. And I've talked to you about mm-hmm. that. Like that's Rogue One is one of the best Star Wars movies out there,
0: in my opinion. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's
1: and it's based on like that last like 30 seconds or whatever Vader is in there. Yeah. From, from the lighting of the lightsaber to him, like looking out and and we know what the people went through to try to get this information out there. Yeah, it, it's, incredible.
0: It's a great backstory because yeah, Star Wars Episode Four just kind of starts right in the middle of everything. You know, yeah. when you go ahead and take, you know, you you're thrown right into the middle of this conflict, and that does mm-hmm. a great job of filling it out. Little side note on on that is in Star Wars uh, the original film, Episode Four. Yeah, Vader's lenses had kind of a red tint to them. Okay. And so they went back for Rogue One and studied yeah. the costume to make sure the costume looked like it did no, in episode didn't. four rather wow. than Empire Strikes Back, which everything was shinier. Uh, uh-huh. He had shoulder pauldrons that were bigger and whatnot wow. so they wanted to make sure it looked exactly like it did when when it went into the next film that's star wars nerds though right that's nerds i, I mean it's, uh, so but good it's though. amazing
1: though yep it's amazing and you know all the things that i'm seeing on like instagram or tiktok about um showing like r2d2 where he doesn't go back on the ship right mm-hmm. was that whole uh, whole storyline for that i think they just happen to be that happened to be, and people have made it. Yeah. I think so. It was. I
0: don't think it was foreshadowed, you know? I mean, it, there's yeah. so much that you can fill in and, mm. you know, and, and, um, and make those connections if you want to. And that's yeah. part of the fun of being a fan of something, right? Right. You can have these right. discussions and, and, and do that. I mean, could it be? Yeah. But I mean,
1: well, I mean, that's why I like Rogue One so much is because everybody like made fun of the Star Wars trilogy and the two meter hole is like, uh, why, why would this, they make this available? I mean, Robot Chicken, we have fun with that. And we're yeah. like, Whoa. <laughs> yep. And then they make Rogue One and it explains, it, explains it, and it. It takes all those jokes away. Yeah. All of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's,
1: that, that's being a fan
0: right there. Yeah. You know what? What kind of bothers me uh, about Rogue One is the fact that they that Mads Mikkelsen was already in a Star Wars movie, Rogue One, and is unavailable to be in another one because he's so good.
1: Oh, he's my favorite. I was just telling my brother he's like my favorite actor right now. He he's so good. Have you seen him in a, a movie called The Hunt? No. It's it's a foreign language film, so you have to read a lot of it. Oh,
0: yeah, but... I, I read something about it. And I saw the trailer, but I didn't. It's
1: so it's so relevant to right now too. With, I mean, there's so much true crime stuff mm-hmm. out there already. But he's accused by a friend of uh, doing something with her, and it, it just spirals. It's a small town, but he, is, I mean, he is incredible. He he got his start with uh, the director of Drive. What's his name? I can't remember. But anyway, um, he that's how he got his start was in this uh, trilogy and he was like a low life, uh, like street thug. And, um, uh, my buddy Grayson tells me about that trilogy all the time. And I, I haven't gotten around to watch it, but it, 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 he's turned into quite the actor. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, villain, he plays Hannibal. Yeah. Did he you, was. Have um, you seen that? Yeah. Hannibal. Yep. <laughs> he's <laughs> incredible as Lecter.
0: Dude's creepy as hell. <laughs> And uh, he was—I uh, forget his name—in uh, Casino Royale, in the yeah, Bond film but, yeah. that that, that uh, had the bloody tears. Miss, mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. creepy! But that's what made yeah. Rogue One so good—is he played the complete opposite of what he usually plays. Yeah, the caring
1: father. Yeah,
0: he nailed it. Yeah. Um, and and the music in Rogue One was fantastic. John Williams didn't mm. do the music in Rogue One. That's a first feature film that was not uh, first. Star Wars film that was not, I'm live action Star Wars film that was not scored by John Williams. They used Whoa. the theme, but yeah. other than that, I, I I'm gonna whiff on who scored it. But um, yeah, um, there was sorry, a, I can't help
1: you on that. Yeah, <laughs> John so, Williams is the extent of my score knowledge. Well,
0: it's it's all you really need to know with Star Wars. <laughs> but it, the music in it was it was great too. It was different, but that's okay because Star Wars uh, Rogue One. Was in, in essence, a war movie,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and, and
0: yeah, it's called Star Wars, but I mean, um, you know, Rogue One had to do in one film what the trilogy had three to do, mm-hmm. you know, yep. in, in each of the trilogies, you know, to tell the, you know, they had, you know, this slow burn as to who these characters are and, you know, what they're, right. w- you know, what they're up against. And, and Rogue One had two hours to go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah. yeah and. They didn't. They did it well. But, yeah. Uh,
0: well, I know you. You like uh, Rogue One so much. That in the the Clone Wars, there's some characters that that are in that that mm-hmm. are in Rogue One. Okay. But uh, and you'll see and go. Oh yeah.
1: That'll be nice. That'll be a refreshing reward.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Um. James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, one and two, Kill Bill one and two, Silver Linings Playbook, and then there's other there's other types uh i think uh use of of music and film you have musicals yep right right um i think an all-time is Grease. oh yeah yeah you know absolutely uh for the most part Th- that's up oh, there in the oh, best selling of oh all yeah time too yep
1: that's uh i think i wrote it down yeah, that's like 6 or 7 all the time. It's yep. like sold 8 million or something to that effect.
0: Yeah, so you've got you've got films to where characters spontaneously break out in song.
1: Mm, yep. So
0: you've it's got not... the, the musicals, <laughs> you know, and, um to the classics like uh Oklahoma, um Wizard of Oz. Uh, yeah. you know, you just so many of those types of of use in music. Uh and then you have uh the, the type that um that was used in *A Star Is Born*, where music's a big part of the story, but yeah. it's not a musical. Agreed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a the movie that stands out in my mind is *Once*. You, mm-hmm. have, you ever see that movie? Uh, yeah. Once. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I remember taking our buddy Ort to that, yeah. and uh, he he didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about it, but I read reviews and knew that it was like a, a musical. And so as soon as it started playing I was like oh by the way this is a musical <laughs> lured him in he wasn't happy about it, but he was happy about the reward of the movie because it it was like a star is born where it was just the two musicians that were trying to make it and they were making the music in there so so I would consider that like a modern musical for
0: but not the yeah not not the sing and dance number
1: yeah yeah Type it's not of thing,
0: that. which um you know i'm looking forward to and i it's been radio silence for a while and i know it's got to be ready is um spielberg's remake of west side story oh
1: yeah i would think it would be ready by now I've yeah I, I've,
0: so i just haven't heard anything lately about it obviously probably one you know spielberg being a director you, you really want to see his stuff on the big screen yeah I, I don't totally. know out there in, in missouri or i'm guessing not in in la but i uh, just noticed uh over the last week that one of the movie theaters is open here in uh in oh in in indiana in, in the fort yep yeah and uh i think uh our buddy ort and our uh, friend brandon hit yeah. it, hit it uh yesterday Ort was okay. late sent a text saying that he fell asleep
1: <laughs> so of course <laughs> <laughs> i've seen that movie <laughs>
0: inside joke so uh yeah the i think
1: well the the musicals have legs right now too i mean with the success of la la Land, Mm -hmm. right so there there's definitely been an uptick with uh these are something that people are still thirsting for
0: yep yeah the whole uh what was once old is new again yeah you know with with these things it just it it all depends because you know there's always a new generation that hasn't experienced what we mm-hmm. what we or our parents or grandparents have and to them yeah. it's new
1: yeah yeah It's i mean th- that's what i'm seeing on like the social medias where people are discovering like 90s music and yeah and and we're like we lived what are you talking about yeah of course i know about uh, nirvana and, right. Pearl Jam and yeah these bands. so yeah
0: yeah um, and yeah it, it and it was the same thing you know like when i had heard from my aunt that she had seen the the beatles at the indiana state fair you know oh my gosh yeah i heard and she told me that 20 years ago or something and it was like yeah. what yeah you kidding me and um <laughs> You know, so yeah, it, it is some of that. I told somebody at, at uh, work, uh, a lot younger than me, that uh, I graduated the same year that that uh, Nevermind uh, oh, by Nirvana man. came out. And Dang. I'm like, what? What
2: was that like? And
0: it was like, you know, it was normal to me. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. It was so different than from what had had been out there that yeah. it, it was. Uh, you knew that it was something uh, something new that you just hadn't heard before. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, our buddy Orton, not a big fan.
1: No, he doesn't like the Nirvana. Nope. Nirvana. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, if you were going to, um, if you were going to score a film, what uh, would you go ahead and do? As as I've read that I believe Tarantino, you can f- tell me if I'm wrong, and James yeah. Gunn do to where they they go ahead and as they're constructing, they're thinking of songs to go with it. Or mm-hmm. do you, you yeah, find yourself. Do in, okay. I'll,
1: I'll just stop you there. Yeah. Yeah. I totally do that. And I learned that through them and, and also just seeing scenes and picking those moments out and be like, Oh, that's a, that's a great moment there. Or um, when, when I'm writing and now with Spotify, I, I used to have uh, make discs that would have like the title of the screenplay that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And it would have that on there. And so a lot of times writers have difficulty getting back to the emotion of what they've been writing. And so there's there's always a, like a lull or trying to get back to where it was, and then you have to reread it and everything. But the playlist, that puts you in that mood or that tone, like instantly when you hear the song that you're associating with the character or with the moment that, that you're writing whenever... Uh, you're doing or you're doing any kind of work on a screenplay, so I I totally have that where where I put that on there when I'm writing this specific screenplay. I have this playlist and I start listening to that, and I put that on headphones as I'm playing it out.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. Have you ever been? Have you ever heard a song and say, "I got to get this song into what I'm writing"?
1: Well, here's the thing that I have a problem with is. I hear songs that I have on my playlist for the scripts that I'm writing. And then I go to a movie and I see that song. Son of a
0: bitch. Yes.
1: (laughs) That happened with Once Upon a Time with uh, uh, Bob Seger. uh, uh, Yep. Another way you're talking. Yep. Yeah. So that's in one of my scripts It's like a flashback to when this dude was like a gambling, like running these things out of his college dorm, kind of like a Van Wilder situation. So that was one of those and I hear the song and I'm like, "Yes, that that's a great <laughs> no! song. It needs to be in a movie." But no, that, that that takes away the impact of that. Right. Same thing with your boy James Gunn with Father and Son. That's definitely in one of my my scripts. And it, you see these things and it and it can be a positive and a negative because mm-hmm. positively thinking it's like, "Okay, these great minds are thinking about this in a cinematic way as well." So I'm happy that I am thinking that way. But I'm also sad that now those songs, are, there's they're no off. way. They're out. They're, they're out. There's no way I'm going to uh, 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 kick James Gunn and Cat Stevens off of that pedestal. I mean, that's like a perfect cinematic moment. Right. And so if I try to use that, anybody that's watching that movie is going to think about that moment. Yep. And they're going to be taken straight out of my movie. Yep. Agreed. So, so happy and sad for that.
0: Yeah, no, that makes. That makes complete sense. Sometimes when I, when I hear, uh, you know, different songs and I know you probably do the same thing. um, You know, you listen to a, uh, an album you've never listened to before. Mm -hmm. And, and like really listen to the the cuts that you haven't really paid attention to. And every once in a while you'll find (laughs) one and go, my God, how have I not listened to this before? Yeah. You know, isn't that the best? Oh, it's a great feeling. And, and that's something, whether it be in film use or, or not, or just in, in life in general, that a whole generation is going to miss out on. Because I don't know that that younger people these days with what's available at the click of a button mm-hmm. have any interest in listening to the story that an album as a whole tells
1: i i I totally agree i I don't think they have the attention stand span for that and and not just that generation, our generation as well. the attention span for for a lot of people, my age don't have that where they're they're loving like the new things that they can do and flip 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 and and go through it and listen to five seconds of a song and be like, nope, 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 and just mm-hmm. s- a swipe right and swipe left. you know that's the generation that we're living in right now. And so for somebody, it's, it's great for me to see that vinyl is making a comeback and people are listening to that and, and actually putting their music on vinyls or putting comedy specials on vinyls. I'm hearing of, 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 comedians that are doing that now where you get the, and it makes me think of high fidelity where he's, he's like aspiring. He would love to be with a musician that just has an inside joke on the liner notes and, what reading the liner notes as you're listening to this thing, those are two things that typically we don't get We don't They're get gone. that time and patience in today's today's lifestyle.
0: Right. I, it makes me wonder too, if the artists today and not to be that cranky, get off my lawn guy, but I'm with you. Are, do artists today. Um. You know, if you were to buy a CD today
1: mm-hmm. is,
0: is there the same thing? thought that goes into making that album and putting the songs in the order that they're there? Or is it more like here's 10 songs, throw them on there because you know, some, some of the great albums, I mean, they're they're in that order for a specific reason, Yeah, you know, and it just is, you really wonder, maybe somebody that listens to this, discussion we're having we'll go ahead and and you know discover some some song or or some and and they'll research the album you know yeah. an older song and they'll research the album it was on if i was going to tell somebody one and this won't be tough for you to understand it would be to check out the uh rolling stones exile on main street double yeah. album um but that you know listen to that from first song to last and it is it captures a time and moments and just a specific um, for me that m- my favorite band is the Rolling Stones yeah. and that is the Rolling Stones at their rawest um, and it, probably the height of their power and, and creativity I think so. is just, you know, it, it's just um, how it ever got made is is just
1: that's fascinating in itself <laughs> yeah, it that's should have never been able to. <laughs> on its own
0: yeah <laughs> there should have been a trail of bodies uh, with with the <laughs> amount of alcohol and drugs that were going on at the time right. it, you it's know it just keep
1: keith, keith rich's alone
0: <laughs> yeah so um uh, that would be a recommendation for mine if it was going to be a soundtrack um you know it would probably be
1: mm, god you're you talking about just like one needle drop for the soundtrack.
0: Yeah, but it's got to be something you know. You've got to. It's got to be the movie that goes with the soundtrack, right? Because yeah, you know the soundtrack can go ahead and be great as individual songs, but if you don't have mm-hmm. a frame of reference to me of the film they to go, go hand with it, right? Um, yeah, you know. So that's that stuff. Any of the ones that I named, I guess, would be. Um, you know, it's been a while since Kill Bill's been. Uh, at well, the forefront. I would so. say
1: Purple Rain. That oh. comes to mind, right?
0: How did we not mention Purple Rain? <laughs> that, oh, my that's God. That's
1: the one that has the context that you're talking about, has the hits off of that, but also has the film as well.
0: Oh, man. Yeah.
1: So that's a big one.
0: God, I can't believe that. I hate that I didn't... Uh, oh, that's right. That that's I... what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel so dirty for not knowing it well I need dude, there's gonna
1: be so many that we don't bring up I know that it. well I feel like I need to, to purify
0: out. myself in the in Lake well, Minnetonka
1: <laughs> well I was just gonna ask you if you wanted to like speed round like naming off your favorite soundtracks not against like, you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean just uh, your favorites that come well, to your all right. mind
0: well here yeah we can you know let's uh, we're coming up. Do you on... want to go
1: back and forth? I don't mind that.
0: All right. Well, let's do. Uh, yeah, we're coming up on uh, an hour and a half here, so this would be a good way to to close it out. I, I I'm no good at like, pressure. like situations. recommendation speed run. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You start. Purple rain. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> oh, oh my god! All right, I got to be cheap. Um, Kill Bill Volume One.
1: Yeah. That's a great one. Um Forrest Gump.
0: Okay. Yep. Um uh Star Wars.
1: Star Wars, yeah. Um great score. Uh it's not gonna give you the the, the, the hits. Um but uh uh okay. Uh two thousand one Space Odyssey. We'll yep. we'll No keep uh, going with that. No, it's oh here's a here's a little note that I wanted to bring up. Okay, and die hard. Mm-hmm. Um So Hans Gruber, most of the time that he comes on there, they play, I can't remember which symphony, it's either the fifth or the ninth when he does it, but it's called a, um, a leitmotif when a character comes up and the same song plays for that person or a scene in there. It's an operatic term. Um, and Hans Gruber, when he's in the elevator, he whistles his own theme song. (laughs) So good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. wow. So, it's good. so
1: good. He's he's either whistling or humming. And he's just like do do do, and he's doing it in the Beethoven that plays for his character.
0: How great would it be if Darth Vader was doing the Imperial March as he was like walking to the can <laughs> from like uh you know the the bridge after just having Force choked somebody, <laughs> or or pumping himself up as he's going to Force choke. Oh, uh, his own hype man. Boom 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 boom. he's walking in that gate, that that pace, just to that. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's uh, that's robot chicken stuff right there.
1: Oh yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. No, I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, yeah. All right, go for it. Was You're it, up. Was it me? I, I went space Odyssey.
0: Oh damn it. Um, all right. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook.
1: All right. Um, Almost Famous.
0: <laughs> You've got a list. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, how uh, Star is Born.
1: Star is Born. Uh, good one. Um, uh, we could do some reservoir dogs.
0: Okay. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, seeking a friend for the end of the world.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Wow. All right. That's, that's a deep cut. Most people don't think about that. All right. I'm going to hit you with a deep cut that I haven't seen anybody bring up. All right. And since you're cutting deep, the first cut is the (laughs) deepest. It is. It is. It is. (laughs) Cat Stevens taught us that. Yeah. Uh, I think, was he the first? Uh, Whatever. Uh, I know Rod Stewart did a remake of it. Anyway, um, The Northern Soul. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. It's a Brit movie. It was in like 2013, 2014. And it's about these kids that just like Northern Soul where you're talking. um, What were some of the names of the guys? Uh, I can't think of the name of the, the, the songs in there, but it's all about like soul music and these white guys that are going to like a, a group home that are trying to, trying to be a DJ or a music curator. And it has some really good music. Like uh, uh, I want to say like an Otis Redding kind of feeling. Okay. Or, um, and maybe like a Chuck Pride, I think might've been a name or um, uh, yeah, but uh, like Detroit soul uh, was something that came out of there or Motown, but, uh, but not like the major hits that you would think of. These are like the lower hits that you wouldn't know of. So that's that's cool. Yeah, that's good stuff.
0: Um, all right. The blues brothers,
1: blues brothers. That's the, the highest selling blues album of all time. Did you know that?
0: No kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, she caught the Katie, the title track from it. I'll listen to that. Just, uh, I'll sit on the couch, turn that on and just sit yeah. there and close my eyes. So good.
1: Oh, I mean, talk about perfect cinematic moments. Think by Aretha yep. Franklin. Yep. In you've the got, little diner. Yeah, you better
0: think. Yep. You've got, <laughs> yeah, on that soundtrack, you have, uh, you know, Blues Brothers, obviously, but you have Ray Charles right. is on that soundtrack. Yeah. Aretha Franklin's on that soundtrack. James Brown. Uh, James Brown. You know, it just, it just keeps going. It's so good.
1: Yeah. I love that. Sound. And, and Cab Calloway.
0: Yeah. Right. Minnie the Moocher. <laughs> uh
1: okay, so um let's see. I'll throw out there um Top Gun. Oh, uh, is a really good soundtrack.
0: Very nice. Yep. And Damn Covid. Need to see Top oh, Gun no. Maverick. Let's go. No.
1: Um Yeah, and that's one definitely in the theater. There's no way yeah. I will watch it even if they release it anywhere else. Oh. I'm waiting for the theater. Yep.
0: 100% agree. Uh The Bodyguard.
1: Body. That's. I think that's the highest grossing of all time. Is
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. Man, huge.
1: Yeah. Dolly Parton cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I see. A lot of people don't know that. No, they don't. they don't know that for sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Um. Okay, I'm trying to hit all of, like the the different directors. Um. Singles. Oh. Singles. Cameron Crow. <laughs> Damn. So that's all grunge. We were talking the grunge, and a lot of those guys are actually in the movie. And singles came out before like the grunge movement uh, explosion happened. Yeah, and so you have Eddie Vedder in there, and and, and was it Mother Love Bone or something to that effect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Soundgarden, and all those guys are in there.
0: Um, let's see here. I'm cheating. Full disclosure. Go for it. Cheat because away. I've got. Um, but if and, you like it, these are just right. like taking reminders, is open book test reminders. Um, the, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think, I'm, I really want to play something, go with something that I, I actually listened to, Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And not just because uh-huh. it was, um, uh, popular. Oh. And this is this is an off the wall one, but I remember listening to the. Uh, I haven't listened to it in a while, but when it came out, I was like, it, it launched a huge blue a huge bluegrass craze. Oh brother, where art thou?
1: Oh brother, where art thou? Yep. That huge. is such yep. such a good soundtrack and movie. Yep. Man, I'm a I'm a dapper man.
0: <laughs> this place is a no geographic profile. anomaly. He's <laughs> bona from underwear. Underwear.
1: <laughs> He's bonafide. What are you? <laughs> so good. Just oh, a, a perfect that.
0: cinematic moment. Remember when he's on yeah. the train and the the leg irons catch, and oh he goes, yeah,
1: whoop. and of you boys Smitty's, <laughs> <laughs> he gets down and woo, he's <laughs> right out. off the train. He is gone. <laughs> Can't hold on, and then he down he goes. Oh man, yeah, there's so many, oh. so many great moments. I mean, the Cohen brothers are fantastic. Yeah, um, and so uh, okay, so. Um, all right, we did Crow. I did almost famous. It's singles. Um, I'm not going to do Fast Times just because I keep saying Crow. Uh, ooh, ooh, uh, Saturday Night Fever. Oh, Whoa.
0: wow, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right up there with boy. the greatest sellers of that all was, times. I,
1: I just watched the the Bee Gees documentary on HBO. Yeah, uh, Colleen and
0: was uh, she had that on our list.
1: It is so good. It is fantastic. It, I learned a lot about them. I didn't know about their career where they were like the Beatles. And I didn't know about the. I knew about the resurgence and I knew them only from like Saturday. Night sure. Night Fever. When that, when that soundtrack came out, that was the highest grouping group, highest selling album of all time. Uh, not just soundtrack album of all time. When it came out, it was so huge. And yeah, it's, it's such a great lesson
0: too um yeah it's it's arguably probably my wife's favorite album it it was right in her wheel and she's a few years older than i am and Mm -hmm. so um it would have been right when she was uh you know younger and you know would have been listening to a bunch of records at the time okay i found that interesting i hate disco myself but uh um, that soundtrack's a great one how about this one shaft (laughs) <laughs> Isaac Hayes. You shut your mouth. Oh, so good.
1: I just re I rewatched Seven recently, and Shaft is in that. Yes. D- yeah, he's like the the what is he like the chief or yep. something. Yeah. Or the mayor. Yeah.
0: Yep. And I was like, dude, it's <laughs> Richard Roundtree. That's yep. Shaft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, Shaft. that's a
1: good one. Well, the the one that I looked up it was. Um, um, the Harder They Come, right? Uh, the Jimmy Cliff album. And I, I listened to the the soundtrack, and there's some good songs in there, don't get me wrong, but I I didn't know why people put it on like the top five of all time of albums. I mean, they had Toots, and toots um, doing uh, uh, Pressure Drop, which mm-hmm. is a great song. And then uh, The Harder They Come, The Harder They Fall. You know that one? Yep. Um, so, That was a good one, but I'm going to stay with... Here's something that blew my mind, too. John Travolta, all right? Mm -hmm. He's got Saturday Night Fever, all right? Yeah. Blew up disco. Everybody loved disco. He comes out with Urban Cowboy, another genre explosion. Yep. And that was just like five years after that. So all these disco sucks, all that. And he's like, all right, I'll go hop on a bull. What do you think (laughs) about that? (laughs) (laughs) up your nose with the rubber hose (laughs)
2: y'all oh my god go hop on a (laughs) bull
1: oh oh so good yeah yeah something i never uh, thought i'd hear think of Uh, think of the soundtracks he's been a part of grease saturday night fever um urban cowboy pulp Pulp fiction fiction. Yeah. yeah
0: so you want a great soundtrack you put john travolta in your movie that's the lesson
1: I love Battlefield Earth. That soundtrack is amazing.
0: <laughs> they can't all be winners. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, it's interesting uh, on uh, Rolling Stone's best soundtrack, yeah. Juice is listed on there. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. One I never would have guessed that I'm What's going that? to check out. Uh-huh. Lost in Translation. Oh,
1: well, Sofia Coppola, she's done some good things.
0: So I'm going to have to check that out.
1: Yeah. Lost translation. Well, she did. All right. Here's something that we didn't address. Um, How do you feel about period pieces with modern rock? You know, so she did Marie Antoinette and it was like new wave music and you have a Night's Tale that was doing like we will rock you kind of thing. Yeah. How are you, what are it it depends
0: on whether it's you know a knight's tale was definitely geared towards a certain audience.
1: Uh, not me.
0: Yeah, I. <laughs> but you know, uh, probably high schoolers. Yeah. That probably thought it was cool. Yeah. I, it, yeah. it it breaks immersion for me. Mm, okay. You know, um, yeah. I don't. I don't like it, but I guess I don't have to. Yeah. You know. The, about the only
1: thing that uh, uh, really stuck out with *Inglorious Bastards* was when David Bowie had the gasoline
0: mm-hmm. with gasoline. Yeah, but that's that's Quentin Tarantino is one of those guys that if I if I say you know I don't like that I'm okay with him getting in my face saying you're going to like this.
1: I'm, I'm putting in his hands. Yep. Yeah, and, can, and then I will, I will be go. The clay. Yes. I will be the clay and his ghost. Yeah. I don't care.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs>
1: Mold me however you want. Yep. Because I I love what he's producing.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just because again, it's it's the entire, it's the entirety of what he's making. Right. It's mm-hmm. not. Here's a new version of We Will Rock You because nobody's ever done this before, and we'll throw it on this night story.
1: Right. Yeah. So, well there's there's a movie that we both had had a higher hopes for and it just didn't deliver with sucker punch. You remember that movie? Oh yeah. And that's yeah,
0: yeah that's that's Zack Snyder in a nutshell, right? His mm-hmm. he makes some eye candy with the best of them. Yeah. I mean his his
1: Well, he's got that Justice League coming out, right? You excited about hours. that?
0: Four hours. That's his cut. Is you hear too long? (laughs) Yeah. Um. You know, visually, I think his stuff is really well done, but uh, it just—it really strikes me is that he gets bored halfway through and kind of mails it in the second half Uh, or whatever it is.
2: Yeah. Um.
0: So yeah, am I going to watch Justice League? Yeah, I'm going to watch it, but you know, I'm not. I'm not expecting anything big from it. Mm. You know, it's kind of Man of Steel. Uh right. The, the first half of that is a fantastic film. You know, yeah. and then
1: Oh, yeah, with Kevin Costner. Mhm. Oh, that's a great my scene. Goodness.
0: Holy smokes. Yep. yep. That is so yeah, well done. He and just the,
1: brings something to that. Yeah. And it's it's not I don't it's just the it factor. He just brings a gravity to it, a stakes yeah. to it that just a hand gesture.
0: Just a hand gesture. Well, it's because it's at that moment, um, the lessons he had given Clark, yeah, he believed in him so much that that's like it doesn't yep. matter that it's me,
1: right? Yep,
0: you have to, you know, you know, for he's, you, he, it, you have to do this. You it's know, we, for
1: the better good, yep. and regardless who I am to you, yep. For the world, mm-hmm. it would it is best this way. Yep, he's a man of his word, as yep. they say.
0: Yep, no, it's so good. And that's why, you know, yeah. that whole first half of that film is so well done and then it just kind yeah. of, you know, um just kind of gets ridiculous.
1: It gets ridiculous in the destruction of the of the city. Michael yeah. Shannon is fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. individual performances are it's, I mean, just great. It reminds me of that movie Doubt with uh, with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Meryl Streep where he's a priest that's yeah. uh um yeah, he's and, and, uh, Viola Davis is in that as well. I think she wins an Oscar for that anyway. Um, so th- that makes me think of like powerhouse performances, but as a whole, the movie wasn't great. Right. Even though these actors are doing sensational jobs, but the whole movie wasn't as, as good as those powerhouse performances.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, I think, um, one of the movies and this, this will tie into music in it that, I've really, um, I, I talked about it, uh, last, last show with how I wanted to see Jojo rabbit and mm. it so far exceeded, I was expecting to like it, yeah. but it so far exceeded what I was expecting. Um, and one of them that I think went the other direction and it wasn't terrible, but it just didn't didn't give me what I wanted or what I hoped for yeah. was, uh, yesterday.
1: I, I, for some reason I thought you were going to come up with, uh, across the universe. So I was, yep. I was on the path. Yeah. I was on the path.
0: Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed yesterday for what it was, but it just mm-hmm. was, there was something I was hoping it was building towards yeah. that, you know, it just never got to. Okay. For me. I, I don't think it was a, it was bad. I thought the performances right. were good. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I thought he did great. I love the concept of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, when he goes to that address that he finds, yeah. I mean, that's the best part of that movie. Yeah. And it, it makes me tear up just thinking about mm-hmm. that situation. So I, I definitely appreciate it for that, but yeah. I'm, I'm with you where, you know, it left a little something desired.
0: Right. And that's, uh, you had mentioned, um, when we were talking, uh, earlier in mm-hmm. the week, I think it was, um, the movie about time that, oh, yes. that, that Ord had suggested, Yeah, you know, I had no expectations of that movie cause I didn't even, yeah. I, I think you did I'd watch re- it then. Oh, I did. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, I yeah. really enjoyed it. I, I yeah. thought it was really good. Um, but it was a movie I didn't have any expectations on, you know, so mm. I, I was, um, Uh, I was really surprised with it. You know, sometimes you see a movie and you're like, man, how did this sneak under the radar?
1: Yeah. That's how I feel with that for sure.
0: And it was done by the same, um, um, crew that, um, Oh, what's the Christmas movie? The Brit.
1: Yeah. The, uh, uh, the one that I don't really care for, but everybody loves. Uh, what is it? Boy, we, uh, something about love actually love actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 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 It, um, Love actually has its has its moments, and you know me, I, yeah. I'm in for a good uh, romantic story, especially, uh, and and holiday films as well. And yeah. I think you know I didn't see that until uh, probably five years ago, and I'd heard so much. You need to see this. You need to see this. And maybe that's mm-hmm. what happened is that I yeah. just kept hearing from people how much I needed to see it. Uh, mm-hmm. I hate I hated Alan Rickman's character. Well, yeah, Leslie Ball. Yeah, you know it yeah. was kind of the. And I did feel really bad for Emma Thompson's character, you know, when she's, oh, you know, yeah. that scene where, you know, she, she finds out oh. what's going on and she has to like, um, yeah. you know, for the good of the kids and everything, just kind of like swallow it all down and like that's, go back that's out there.
1: great cinematic moment because he, she got a CD of Joni Mitchell and they're playing that a song from Joni Mitchell as the soundtrack under that yep. scene. And that really, I mean, that up the game as well. So yep. that was fantastic. So, I yeah, think it's Richard Curtis that is the writer okay. and director.
0: And, you know, so that was, um, one of those movies that had it not been built up so much mm. that, um, maybe I would have enjoyed it more, but I, there was a lot of build up from people I, that I know and, and work. Oh, you never seen this. You never seen this. Right. Um, and, uh, I, again, going back to Jojo rabbit, uh, one of my coworkers, I said, su- after I saw it, I suggested it to her and I said, I hope I'm not building this up too much. Yeah. <laughs> I said, but in, and, and she let me know last week, uh, on last Tuesday that they watched her and her boyfriend watched it over the weekend. Yeah. Really liked it.
1: Oh, good. Really
0: liked it. So yeah, yeah. really well done. Um, Some
1: people can check out pretty quick with that because of the Hitler situation. And it's like not a laughing matter, but they have a way of bring that levity into it. Yeah. And so it's, it's to me, I I love it. And it really pissed me off going around L.A. and seeing billboards for Jojo Rabbit. And on the billboard, you can see the kid and the shoes on the billboard. Ah, Yeah, that I saw that. And it, every time I saw it, it pissed me off because I had seen it. And anybody has seen it knows, knows that the story and it's
0: like it taking that away. And that's what I told ah. um, when I went looking for the trailer to show her because she's like, I'm not sure what that is. And I yeah. went looking at YouTube, the trailer, and mm-hmm. if you do that, be careful if you want to watch it and you don't know what I'm talking about and you want to watch it, be careful because they have a lot of the scenes broken out and that was one of the, one of the first three videos that came up was uh. that pivotal scene. And I'm, I told her, I said, okay, watch the trailer here and I'll send you a yeah. link to it. If you're going to yeah. show your, your boyfriend it, right. but stay off of YouTube. Yeah. You don't go on there I, and look because there's a, I mean, it has a huge spoiler on it that will just, you know, take you right out of the movie.
1: Yeah. That's frustrating with a lot of trailers. I I, I try not to watch trailers anymore. Like I haven't watched the Top Gun Maverick trailer at all because I know I'm going to see that. I don't. I don't need to say anything to tease me. You, on the other hand, I can't wait. You,
0: <laughs> you can't. W- went to Wing Commander. Is that Wing right? Wing Commander? Let's hear this story. So, um, <laughs> this Phantom, is a real fan. So, yeah, this is this is before you could get everything before YouTube. Um, yeah, this is a
1: timestamp for sure.
0: Right. Um, I went on my lunch break from work to the movies and paid uh full price to go in to a movie called wing commander, <laughs> which I've still to this day, not seen and never will to watch the three minute trailer for the Phantom Menace. Yep. Star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace. And, uh, I was glad to do it. I was, you got your money's worth. I did. I did. Yeah. And, uh, but that, that you young whippersnappers exactly is what we had to go through when not everything was at the touch of our fingers. You would go and spend $15 on a CD for one song. Lola. You were there for that too. I was. I still have that. Yep. Yep. The entire thing.
1: I, I, I know the dude that worked there. We went there because it was, uh, his name was Jason Konopensky and he was working at Blockbuster and we could go up there with a stack of 20 and you, you didn't need that. You were just like, I just no. wanted Lola.
0: Yep. Ray Davies had me, <laughs> had me by the, <laughs> the junk. Yeah. But, uh,
1: but it, it's a, the kinks are fantastic. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you still got a great CD out yep, of the deal.
0: I did, but you know, it's 18, 19 years old, 15 bucks, you know, back in those days making $4 and 25 cents an hour. And be happy
1: to. Yeah. You you were frivolous with your money. You're just
0: throwing it around. Look at me. Look at me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And that was the same thing, you know, too, with soundtracks, right? Uh Um, You you hear a song on a soundtrack or something and, and, you know, maybe the rest of the soundtrack sucked, but. You know, there weren't yeah. a lot of ways to get the music if you didn't, you know, um if it was especially if it was something deep off of, you know, an older song that wasn't gonna be on the radio, that you couldn't yeah. sit there and wait to hit record on your cassette deck,
1: uh-huh. you
0: know? <laughs> and hating the DJ for talking over past the intro or cutting it off at the end. What a yeah, jerk. Oh, yeah. That guy, a uh-huh. DJ.
1: The DJ wielding his power. Yeah. Yeah. Well there there are also um the songs that are just on the soundtrack and you couldn't get on like the artist albums at all. I remember yeah. that happening with, with, uh, I think Romeo and Juliet with Everclear. I, I don't think that was on any of their albums. Yeah. It was probably it was,
0: specifically cut for them for the film.
1: I think so. Yeah. I know Hootie, Hootie and the blowfish. Every time I look at yeah. you, I go, that was on the friend's, friends soundtrack. soundtrack. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> I Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was just uh, so many things that that you had to go through and, and film soundtracks. Like I said it, it, earlier in the show where I mentioned that the challenge to find the soundtracks after this, go ahead and take a look at iTunes and try look up certain film soundtracks yeah. and see if you Hello. can and see if you one, if you find it. Click on the album and then look, or Spotify, and and see yeah. if all the tracks are are available. Sometimes you'll see they won't even be listed there. There will only be three songs, and you're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I, kn- yeah. I know there was more than this.
1: I know that song is in there. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, um, Top Gun, um, the first, because they issued two of them. Like, Greece had one. They had two that they issued out, and uh, Top Gun had a second version because they didn't have – um, uh, sitting on the dock of the bay on the first Top Gun release out soundtrack, and sitting on the dock of the bay was the song that that's I huge was for emotional at, impact. Yeah, in that in that moment when he's talking about mm-hmm. his mom and and, uh, and and yeah, so the emotional impact and it wasn't on the first one. And there there like Gross Point Blank, they they had a soundtrack that came out, and then they had a second one that had. Uh, I can't remember the song that was in there, but it might've been the Pete Soundson song. But that my, my love, love opened
0: open the, the d- door. Yeah.
1: Yep. yeah. I think that might've been on the second release, but, but a lot of those soundtracks, I mean, they just, the, they don't have the rights like you were talking mm-hmm. about. And they just put out uh, uh, the, the ones that they do and own those two.
0: Right. No, I, yeah. you know, one of the things I can, one of the movies I can think of that did something like that, uh, that when the, the soundtrack took off, uh Dirty Dancing.
1: Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Yep,
0: released a second
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, a second soundtrack essentially that had yeah. more of the older songs that were in it because people you know couldn't get enough of that. That's yeah. that's a movie that I never could get into. No? No, really? I mean I I've, I've seen it twice and mm. I um I thought there was absolutely zero chemistry between uh Patrick Swayze and uh uh, Jennifer Gray, Jennifer Gray, I, wow. which I think, I, I think they did. They didn't like each other anyway in yeah, really during the shooting something to that. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it kind of came through on, on film. Yeah. I, I, uh, we watched it this, uh, summer at the drive-in, you know, when movie theaters were closed, the drive-in was big up mm. in, in Auburn, Indiana. And yeah. we, would f- five weekends in a row, we we drove up there on Friday nights and watched movies. They were, you know, mostly eighties movies. And so, oh, that's yeah, good. which was cool. You know, I got to see, um, uh, a bunch of John Hughes stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, up there. he's got
1: some soundtracks too. Yeah. Oh,
0: definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I uh, got to see Ghostbusters up there. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Got to see it with my younger daughter who'd never seen Ghostbusters before. Oh. Or a lot of these. Uh,
1: what'd she think of it?
0: Oh, she liked it. Yeah. 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 That's, no, that's something good. else that's been pushed back. Ghostbusters afterlife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Looking forward to that as well. But, uh, yeah, John Hughes stuff, great soundtracks, a lot of coming of age stuff.
2: You yeah. Know? I
0: mean, that, that's, yeah. that's, you know, for a lot of people, a soundtrack of them growing up or a lot of those right. movies.
1: Yeah. Well, th- I mean, speaking of coming up and coming of ages, you, you could talk about Scorsese if you wanted to mm. like coming up as a gangster with Goodfellas and that soundtrack. Yeah. That was another one that, I mean, for for us to watch, it was almost like I was talking to your brother the other day about the the movies that that um, with animation and Pixar, where the parents are just doing a duty and taking their kids to the movie. Well, when you get movies like Goodfellas, you're getting something for two different generations. Like this is great music for the new generation to learn about, mm-hmm. and then you have the parents that already know this music and love the appreciation of that and. You know, Scorsese loves him some stones. So, oh
0: yeah, yeah. He's well, he shot that documentary. Um, shine um, a light.
1: Shine a light. Yep. Yeah, he um, shot a lot of document. He like did the music one on the band.
0: Um,
1: the last waltz.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I'm
0: uh, pretty that, sure yeah, that was those.
1: him. Yeah, I think that's right. Let me see. He's he's done that, and he's that shine light that trailer. That's a trailer that I liked with. Keith Richards spitting that cigarette out. Oh yeah. That's such a great moment.
0: Yeah. That's, I don't know how he gets. well he's Keith Richards, but I don't know how, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, none of these places allow smoking yeah. these days. None of them. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. But I guess true. a lot of them didn't allow heroin use mentions, either. Man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Last Waltz 78, Martin Scorsese. So, yeah. which, you know, Last Waltz is widely considered the music documentary. Yeah. Um, of, yeah, of music doc, uh, documentaries, so. Yeah, um,
1: that's a whole other podcast we could oh, get yeah, into. Yeah, I was just telling your brother about the Amazing Grace uh, music doc. Do you know anything about that one? I don't. With uh, Aretha Franklin, um, where she goes back to her gospel roots, and there's like two nights. Sidney Pollack directed that one, and it just came out like maybe five years ago. Okay. Um, and Mick Jagger is at one of the, it's at a church in LA where she's had success and she comes back and does gospel. And because she's known as being the cost the gospel queen mm-hmm. and amazing grace is a song that she, she sings that is fantastic. And we were talking in our last podcast, the star is born about listening to different singers that just make you emote, like instantly listen to Aretha Franklin sing amazing grace in that is one of those moments that'll just make you start welling up right off the bat.
0: I am adding that to the list right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you've never seen it, um, you can YouTube it, uh, checkerboard lounge, 1981 muddy waters and the rolling stones. No. Yeah. They, uh, they were in Chicago. I just,
1: I just listened to this. I listened to the album.
0: Yeah, they were in Chicago for the tour in 81, and yeah. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, Ron Wood might have been with them, um, yeah. went to a blues club because they heard that Muddy Waters was playing, so they're out in the audience, yeah. and he yeah. ca- ca- calls them up on stage, so then they end up jamming with him for... Wow. Yeah. And th- this guy's their hero. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Muddy Waters and they Named their Wolf. band after him, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, after the song? Uh, um, Papa was um, a... Roll." Wrong...
1: My... No. Let me see. um um uh, 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 I'm a rolling stone. Yeah, yep. I'm a man yep. woo Yep a full man Yeah they man. sing that
0: yeah yeah <laughs> on that.
1: Um I'm a hoochie coochie man. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's Ooh,
1: that was that song was and here's better off debt. That song when he rolls out that Camaro, yep. that's a pretty nice moment. <laughs> Lane Meyer.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, those you know guys. that
1: dude that, that sounds like, uh, um, what's his name? Casale. Wide world of sports. Cassell. Yeah, you know, that's the same dude in uh karate kid too.
0: Uh, chosen.
2: <laughs> that's Lane karate kid, dude. Meyer.
0: A once great champion. <laughs> <laughs> He's got those dish gloves on. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> Dude, I just uh yeah, I've um uh uh saw your boy in uh Cobra Kai season three.
1: Uh, yeah, he just was there. <laughs> so he, good. <laughs> that was a great moment. <laughs> that, Cobra Kai series is so good. It
0: is, it is, and you have to go into it and just just knowing that it is all about reaching back into nostalgia.
2: One hundred percent,
0: unapologetically, yeah. all about it. So oh, once oh, you Johnny get that is in
1: unapologetic there, apologetic for sure.
0: It, as long as you're good with that, and and you enjoyed any of the Crowdy Kid movies,
1: yeah, you're gonna like it. Yeah, don't think that you're gonna get a character arc with no. Johnny. <laughs>
0: nope, nope. He's about one dimensional.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, but it's great. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh I'm glad that you you've watched it and enjoy it like I do cuz yeah. I've got, I was, yeah. I ahead.
0: I have a uh t-shirt showing up on uh Tuesday. Yeah. In the uh in the post that says Eagle Fang Karate. <laughs> <laughs> Bite like an eagle <laughs> on Eagles the back. <laughs> Yep, oh, so I good. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I Johnny saw that. Don't care. No, dude, I saw that and I immediately grabbed my phone to find this. Yep, yep.
1: I'm buying it.
0: <laughs> yep, on the, back, like like- <laughs> oh, it on the back, bite like an eagle. Bite like
1: that's what it's call phrases. That's what it says on the back. Bite like an eagle.
0: I oh. can't wait for you to debut that. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. What else? Do you got anything uh, else in
1: music related? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, we got plenty, but... <laughs> well, we at? like two hours or yeah, something? Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 it's, huh, I can't think of anything. I think I touched on most of them. Yeah, no. I think we're good.
0: Yeah, we could. We could go on forever on this because it's just... I mean, it's every movie you see. Um, I yeah. think the best ones are the, the ones like I said, for me are the ones where I see a movie and I'm like, you know what? I can't get enough of this film. Give me mm-hmm. the soundtrack. But yeah. then, you know, a soundtrack that you can either one never have seen the movie mm-hmm. or hate the movie and still love the soundtrack. That's worth something yeah. too.
1: Yeah. I mean that I've never seen big chill and I love the soundtrack Yeah, to that. It's all Motown. It's all music that I, I seek out on my own.
0: Yeah, um, um, around Memorial oh. Day and 4th of July, I'm over at a buddy's of mine, uh, uh, his uh, brother's house, and we throw on the uh, uh, Spotify there. It's all Motown, just for some oh, reason. Yeah. Every yeah. every 4th of July, it's all Motown while we're out there grilling and swimming, and it's great.
1: That stuff goes down smooth, man. Yep.
0: Yeah. You know what? How have we never been up there to Detroit to it's an, it's a national historic place. The studio is up there. Yeah. Well, we went up there for
1: jewel for sure.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, we'll have to go up there. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be up for that. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm, Thank you. Yeah. Up to the, up to the mitten as they say.
0: And yeah, I think the Motown, um, angle here, kind of brings everything full circle with some of the things that we talked about, you know, blues brothers, um, and 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 different uh, types of genres, as you mentioned, Motown is just one of those genres that no matter who you are, or how old you are, it's just cool music.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. And and one of one of another thing about Motown is, uh, like you, I grew up in the Midwest, and you know I predominantly Caucasian. I grew up in the South and Oklahoma for a little bit, so a lot of my introduction to Motown. Or, or any kind of uh, culturally differentiating uh, music is learned through music or the movies. Right. And so when I'm listening to uh, uh, like Motown for The Big Chill or uh, Soul Finger and Spies Like Us, you know, these are the first time I was, here. I was talking to your brother about the first time I heard Frank Sinatra was in License to Drive. I didn't, I didn't listen. It, and it was Strangers in the Night when... Heather yeah. Graham was dancing on the on the, the hood. I didn't grow up with music like that. So all this Bob Dylan I discovered through through movies, all these things. I didn't have anybody teaching me like music or sitting me down and having an uncle that would be like, you need to listen to this kind of music. So, so a it lot was these of directors, my discoveries. These directors? these directors that are 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 my uncle. Right. And my my funkles. There we the, go. The fun uncle. Yeah, very know, nice. That, very that nice. are telling me what what I should be listening to, and and that's well, that's why I started my website Funkle Hipsters. Try to, you know, do that with other people like my nephews and put up like culturally relevant situations here, or just underground. So not listening to Satisfaction from Rolling Stones, but listen to Two Thousand Man. You know,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, the deep cuts. that that people might miss. And that's a discussion I had with your brother was he would text me sometimes when he was out driving truck and would say, Hey, give me some deep cuts off uh, from the stone stuff that I probably haven't heard before. Yeah. And I'd be like, Oh, well you need to listen to sway and you need to, Uh, you know, I mean just fantastic songs that, that, mm -hmm. um, that a lot of people hadn't heard before. So you mentioned, you mentioned funkel hipster and website, What, uh, your website it's up, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I put, I put it up there. Um, earlier this, well, I mean, during 2020, I mean, Mm -hmm. I was trying to be as creative as possible and started putting things up there because I I got my camera and I'm going around LA taking pictures and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I finally like decided to put a, a website together and put up pictures and put t-shirts up and Very I'm going to cool. be doing like podcasts and things like this. That'll have a list, uh, like a, a link and a TikTok and social media and all that kind of stuff. But, but the whole idea behind it is, you know, telling people, well, basically the like my friends of what you should be watching or what you should be hip to, because this is cool stuff that not everybody knows about.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, not dedicated to things like, uh, stuff that that I'm going to go automatically see from yeah. Marvel or Star Wars. This is going to be the deep cuts.
1: The, yeah, this is going to be just under all those things that sure you know about the stones, but do you know about? Can't you hear me knocking? Mm-hmm. You know, or so, did you know about the, the Gimme Shelter documentary that's about uh, um, the Ultima. the free festival in Ultima, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, no, it 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 really sounds like you know it's been the buzzword of this podcast today, but it's like. I I would describe it as kind of, uh, the deep cuts of life, you know, with, with, uh, the, the stuff that, that you bring, you've got a unique eye, uh, to different things. I've, you know, I
1: thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, um, uh, we've had discussions before and disagreements about different things, but it's always, it's always respectful from the standpoint, unless we're going on about entertainment stuff, then we have no problem telling each other that you suck. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, but. Yeah. your
1: opinion is the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so,
0: um, yeah, uh, yeah. I encourage anybody listening, you know, wants to know more um, about uh, Funkle Hipster. Google.
1: Can yeah. We Google? Google. All right. Absolutely. It'll come
0: right up. Yep. Uh, check it out. Um, Jake's uh good people and he's got a, a good eye, good storyteller, and um, hopefully sooner than later we'll get a we'll get a. Uh, uh, a look in some form at these, uh, screenplays. That's what I'm, that's what I'm yeah. waiting for.
1: Well, you gave me a shirt that's going into a movie. Well, that's I, yeah, sure. I
0: remember we talked about it. So <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite shirts. So it better be in there.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I'm working on it. Um, well, I I will tell you this, that I'm, I'm finishing up one. I don't know if you knew this, but this year marks the 40 year anniversary of uh cannonball run. Okay. And so I'm working on like my own version of a cannonball run, um, like movie. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So I'm working on like the soundtrack and, and have, have like the opening scene, how the soundtrack matches. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you about that. All right. (laughs) right.
0: No, it sounds great. Hey, Jake, I want to thank you for uh, coming on and, uh, to the rest of you, we'll catch you next time on this. Won't teach you anything.